This episode of the Kona Edge is brought to you by the IM Summit. Become the best triathlete you can be by learning from the best. The IM Summit includes sessions from Lucy Gossage, Tyler Butterfield, and functional sports nutritionist Ian Craig, amongst others. Discover more at theimsummit.com and use the discount code KONA at checkout to get 30% off. That's theimsummit.com. This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. Welcome on to yet another edition of uh, the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown and I get to share another fantastic story with you today. I love uh, just chatting to age groupers from around the world and I, I honestly do have one of the best jobs in the world and uh, lucky that I, I get to do this and, and I'm glad that you're enjoying it too so we've been getting some fabulous feedback uh, about the podcast don't forget so you stand the chance to win an Ironman entry all you need to do is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and uh, head over to this URL. It's thekonaedge.com forward slash win. You can get all the details there, but leave us a review, and I could be paying for your next Ironman entry. So go check it out, thekonaedge.com forward slash win. All the details are there. Uh, don't forget, too, if you'd like to be in touch, uh, you can drop me an email, brad at thekonaedge.com. If there's something you'd like to chat about or if you need help with anything, pop me a mail. I'd love to hear from you. Let's get into today's uh, podcast, though, and I loved uh, this chat, and I think you might enjoy it just as much. Uh, we chat to Scott Cooper today on the Kona Edge. Scott, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Brad. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm I'm super stoked to to have you on, Scott, just to, to chat a little bit about your your sort of history in the sport and, and what you're up to and some of the, the incredible results that you've had. But let's uh let's just find out a little bit more about you and uh I know you're you're a student at the moment, you're still at school, you're actually at your, your folks' house at the uh, moment just outside Ontario or in Ontario, just outside Toronto. But you, you you're studying in Montreal. Tell us a little bit about what you, you do from a, a studying perspective. Uh, so right now I'm working uh, working on my PhD at uh, McGill University and uh, studying chemical engineering and and doing research into uh, cardiovascular health and in the field of biomedical engineering. That to me is phenomenal. Uh, I'm not. Sure, I mean, I, I know what it takes to do a PhD. Not that I've got one, but I've got friends who who've done PhDs and. Uh, just the workload from that point of view is uh, incredible. How do you balance that and and training for not just triathlons but Ironman? Uh, well, it's, it, it definitely it takes a lot of planning, a lot of life planning. There's not a lot of free hours in the day, but uh, the nice thing about it is, is with the PhD, it's it's very uh, research based and experiment based. So I have a bit of freedom in my time to be able to plan experiments when uh, when sort of it works best and and can sneak in training in between experiments and and that sort of thing. So I, I, I can make it work and. But uh, like I said, it's definitely a juggling act of trying to uh, trying to fit it all in. I'm sure. I'm sure. Let, let's take a step back though, and 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 chat, chat a little bit about you growing up and and how active you were. Were you were you pretty sporty as a kid? Uh yeah, yeah. Growing up, like especially through uh, through high school, um, very much into sports. Uh, I was kind of a, a jack of all trades athlete. You could say I was uh, on everything from my school golf team to track team, curling. Uh, rugby, football—I really just did it all. And uh, for the most part, though, one of the reasons I, I excelled at the sports that I did was was 
because I could run fairly well. And then that's, uh, that's sort of my, my biggest background is, is in running. So, so how did you end up finding your way to triathlon, uh, especially because you, you'd done all those other sports? I mean, it's, <laughs> you obviously love sport and you, you, you're pretty active, <laughs> but to, to do three in one, I mean, where did that, that come about? Um, well, I think uh, the the seed was first planted in uh, in 2000 with uh, the Sydney Olympics, and uh, Simon Whitfield won the, the Canadian won the gold medal there. And uh, I remember watching that and being really excited about the sport and thinking triathlon's a very very cool sport. And then just yeah, over the years, like it, that was always kind of in the back of my mind. And then by the time I got to the end of high school, uh, I was doing kind of dabbling a little bit in swimming and biking and uh yeah it just sort of it kept piquing my interest and then i actually got got set up through uh my uncle started doing a, a charity triathlon somewhere just outside toronto in the muskoka region and and he uh he kind of changed his whole life around got in shape and and uh and then did this triathlon and then was like hey you should do it as well and then the the following year after the first year he did it um i decided to give it a shot and so that was the first triathlon that i did was a sprint triathlon at this charity at, at joe's team and and then i i caught the bug and i i haven't looked back since i love i was actually just thinking that i was like once the bug's bitten is is, is the rest history and, and it is a bit of a bug isn't it it's got like once it's in your blood it's, it's quite difficult to to get it out Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I remember the, the first the first race that I did, like it was, obviously tons of things went wrong and like I couldn't put my shirt on because it was, I was soaking wet and I had my, my bib pinned to it like it was a disaster. But but I, I just love the whole experiment uh, experience. I, I love the vibe of it. And uh, and I remember thinking way back then uh, there were some people at the race that had done an Ironman before. And I thought, oh, that's insane. Like there's no way I'm enjoying triathlon, but there's no way that I would ever do an Ironman. And and that that obviously changed over the years because that's that's essentially all I do now. Yeah, I, I love those stories of of people's first triathlon. I mean, I've heard some some incredible ones. I've done it, and and there's actually photographic proof where I have my helmet on backwards. That's how. <laughs> that's how I get. Yeah. So so I'm going to just put it out there as well. If you're listening to the podcast, we want to see those first triathlon photos. You can tweet them to us. I'd love to see what you've done. But uh, it's it's amazing to think how far you've come. I mean, we we're all in that sort of boat but uh, for someone like you particularly who who i mean you talk about getting the shirt on and it's wet and the bibs pinned to it but uh you, you learn along the way and that's probably one of the beauties of the sport is uh no one comes in knowing everything and and even once you've been doing it a while it's uh always a learning curve and there's always something new to learn yeah yeah no it's it's an adventure in that in that sense as well and even even now like i find that i learn stuff every race and and uh again like i think the, the triathlon community is uh um, it, it's such a welcoming community that, that I, I found that uh, also at the first race, I was the literally the only person not wearing a wetsuit. Uh, and then just looking around, I was just in my like my little Speedo swimsuit and thinking, okay, something's wrong here. But then people will, will give you that information and they can help you learn. And, and if, you, if you rely on that community, you can really uh, get ahead quickly. But there's always a new lesson to learn in every race. It's quite an intimidating, you, you talk about a welcoming, but the first sort of, couple of experiences it is quite intimidating because of uh just just the the amount of gear you need and and there's always one or two racing snakes really strutting their stuff around and uh but but as you say that they, they are quite welcoming what advice would you give to a, a newbie thinking about getting in the sport who looks at this and goes gee i don't know if that's for me 
I, I think the, the the most important thing is just to go out and have fun. Like I, I see a lot of people that are that are getting into the sport now, and uh, and sometimes they take it very seriously right from the first race they're doing. And and the advice I always give them is just have fun because if you just have fun and enjoy the day, like and when all these silly things go wrong, you can you can laugh about it afterwards, and and you'll come out really enjoying the sport because I think that it's about. Uh, kind of nurturing that love of the sport as opposed to, to really trying to force yourself to perform. So really just focusing on enjoying the day and enjoying the experience and uh, not getting too caught up in it. That first one that you did, how did you go? I mean, were you middle of the pack? Did you did you have some ability? I mean, the other sports that you played, were you were you fairly good at what you did? Everything you, you touched sort of turned to gold or, or was that not necessarily the case? Uh, I would say not necessarily the case, like especially the swim. Swimming, even now, that's the the other three disciplines, the one that uh, I struggle the most with. But uh, back then, like I had a I had a really good run in that first race, and uh, I was I was decently strong on the bike, but definitely had lots of room to grow. And uh, and on the swim, yeah, I would say sort of mid mid packish, mid to the back of the pack, and. I think, uh, yeah, in that first race, I, I, I maybe finished in the top uh, top half or top top third of all the competitors. But uh, so it was nothing nothing spectacular from my first race. But uh, but I I felt like I got through the day feeling pretty strong. As as far as then <laughs> taking it to the next step and and not necessarily to go to an Ironman, but uh, you you've then signed up for your next race. When when do you start taking this thing seriously and and putting some real thought into to what you're doing and being really deliberate about it? Um, well, I would say so that that first season that, that I raced, uh, I did a couple a uh, couple sprints, including the, that first one that I did, and then ended the season with uh, with an Olympic distance in in Montreal. And uh, when I did that race uh, at the race, there was a, a booth set up with the McGill Triathlon Club, um, and then uh, so that's just a, a club that's run out of the university uh, in Montreal. And, and anyway, so I kind of got chatting to them and then uh, at that point joined that club. And then that's when I started to get into actual structured training where it was before that I would just run, bike and swim a whole bunch and then wait and see what would happen. And then joining the triathlon club, it was structured workouts, intervals, all that sort of stuff. And that kind of got, got the, the, the seed again planted. And then uh, that following season, I started getting... Uh, focusing more on Olympic distance and, and did a half Ironman that year. And, and then that's when I started to see that, that I had some aptitude for the sport. And, and that's when I really started to take it a bit more serious and started looking into uh, more coaching and, and getting into the gear and all that sort of stuff. You talk about the more structured stuff. Did you respond from a from a, a performance perspective pretty quickly to that? Did you realize, hang on a sec, if I if I do structure things and and like you say, you you follow and 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 do intervals and that sort of thing, that you were getting quite big improvements early on? Yeah, certainly, certainly, that was a, a huge uh, a huge booster. Like I said, the uh, that first race I finished, I was maybe in the top half or top third, and then. By the following season, I was I was competing at the level of uh, of the top of my age group in any race. So uh, I found a huge improvement once I once I had that more structured training. I think that uh, it's just uh, it makes your training that much more efficient, and you and you can get that much more out of it. And uh, especially being at the time I was a student, so like I didn't have all the time in the world. And and I think this would apply to anyone out there that's working a full time job. You really got to maximize any time you have training and. And just going out and logging miles isn't the best way to go about it. I think really taking a more uh, 
uh, more planned approach makes a, a huge difference in performance. Yeah, I could, could not agree more, Scott. The, <laughs> you, you said that <laughs> at that first one, you thought, there's no ways I'll ever do an Ironman. When did the thought of doing a, a full start sort of bouncing around your head? Um, I'm not sure. Probably, uh, I think within maybe a, a year and a half of that first one, um, I, I, at that point, like, because I was getting more into triathlon and I, to be honest, one of the things that, that got me thinking about it more and more was, uh, was watching just random YouTube videos of like triathlon motivation and that sort of thing before races. And then more and more of them included Ironman stuff. And, and then, uh, yeah, it just, it kind of piqued my interest at the, that long distance racing and the, and what the challenge would really be like, uh, trying to tackle something that long. And then, from there, I just sort of worked my worked my way up, and uh, and then what happened was uh, in Mont Tremblant, which is about an hour and a half north of, of Montreal, uh, right when I was starting to think about doing an Ironman and and that long distance uh, race, uh, the the Mont Tremblant Ironman got released and, and and opened to the public, and then so then I just immediately signed up for the following year, and then uh, then it just became the sole focus was that that longer distance triathlon. That that first when when you sign up for your first Ironman, the it, it's all exciting until you hit the the sort of pay button. <laughs> once your credit card details in there, and then then reality sinks in. Uh, it, it's it's it, it's you're almost going from this extreme joy to this unbelievable terror. Was it was it exactly the same for you? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I clicked the button and I was I did it at. Uh... I was working in the lab with my lab mates and I clicked the button and I was so excited and kind of turned to them and, and was thinking like, what did I just sign up for? Like, I'm not prepared for this at all. I'm just going to go out there and make a fool of myself. But anyways, that did pass pretty quickly. There was the immediate shock, but then I, I kind of talked myself off the ledge and, uh, and then, yeah, and then just took it day by day. And, uh, and it's always daunting, especially going into your first Ironman, but because um, those distances are so long, but uh, yeah, I just really focused on taking it day by day and, and each day tried to get a little bit stronger and, and be a little bit more fitter and and uh, move towards being able to complete the race. And uh, and yeah, just step by step, you get there. I, I love the fact, that, and, and I say to a lot of people that they're training for an Ironman and, and doing an Ironman, particularly your first one, it's a process and you, you've got to follow the steps to, to get to where you're going. And, and I love the fact that for you your your career was exactly that so often people mm-hmm. just decide they want to get into the sport because they want to do an ironman so they don't go and they don't do the progression of doing a sprint to olympic to a half and then on to full but you did do you, do you think that is the better way to go uh, i certainly do i i, I think it, it is just um for several reasons uh first of all like i was mentioning before i think that uh it's important to, to sort of uh, organically build a, a love for the sport. And I think that if you start with those smaller, more manageable races or the shorter, more manageable races, um, it really lets you just enjoy them. Because uh, I, I found anyways, there was a lot less stress because I, in my mind, I could get through a sprint triathlon. Uh, that, that wasn't too much to bite off, whereas an Ironman is obviously a huge thing. So it gave me a lot of positive reinforcement as, as I went along. And at the same time, it just takes... Uh, months and years of experience to be able to to work out these these little problems uh, as far as like yeah trying to get your shirt on and transition that sort of thing just get rid of those stresses and 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 really know what you're what you're doing and what you're getting into and and I think that 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 helps take away some of that nerves on on race day when you're doing that first Ironman um, and uh, and again yeah you can just enjoy it a lot more. Scott, in, in the build-up to your first Ironman, and I think this is the same for everyone, you, you spend hours and hours on, on the road and in the water, and, and 
it, it, it plays through your mind many, many times what you think is going to sort of play out on, on race day. Your first experience, was it what you expected? Was it easier than you expected? Was it harder? Did, did it live up to expectations? What, what were your experiences with it? Um, I think that, uh, that ultimately it was, it was pretty close to what I expected. Um, soon after I signed up for the Ironman, I, I, I started working with, uh, with my coach that I, I still work with now, Paulo Saldana. And, and he was, uh, an ex Ironman, uh, uh, pro triathlete about 20, 30 years ago. And uh, anyway, so he, uh, he did a really good job of, of imparting sort of the, all of his knowledge and, uh, and through some of the training that he got me to do, he, he, he got me into the right mindset, I think beforehand, which really helped. Uh, so I went into it. Um, having done really long brick workouts and and race simulations and and all that sort of stuff, so I really knew what my what to expect out of my body and how it would feel. Um, so overall, I think that very much um, it, it played out like I thought it would. However, I I would do have to say that the last last ten k of the marathon, it uh, <laughs> I don't think that there's anything that you can do to to, to prepare yourself for how that feels, but. Uh, but I got through it and, and felt strong at the end, and then that was the important thing. Absolutely. And going into that first one, you, you mentioned that in the build-up to that Ironman, you, you started to, to sort of feature within age groups of, of or other races. Did you go into that first one with any sort of ambitions? Did you, did you think, you know what, I just want to go and finish this? Or were you, were you harboring ambitions to, to possibly get a top 10, top 5? What, what was happening? Um, well, like, uh, to, to be honest, I, I went in hoping to qualify for Kona. That was the, uh, that was the goal. Once I, once I sort of locked on to doing Ironman, then the, the goal was to, to get to Hawaii and, and race there. So, um, going in, that's, that's what I, what sort of my top goal was. Um, realistically though, uh, even now, like when I'm racing, one of the things that I always try and try and focus on is more of that, uh, process-driven racing in the in the sense that uh when i went into that first ironman the same way i'll go into kona four or five weeks from now i go in with my plan and and i know what i what i'm capable of and then it's it's more about the uh the personal improvement race to race and then trying to achieve the the my own personal goals and then obviously the hopes that that's going to stack up to a really good result but uh but i think that um with that approach, I went in just hoping to have a strong race and, and do well. And then if everything went to plan, then hopefully that would be a, a Kona spot for me. Talk to me about the, the thinking of, are you, you talking about a, a process-driven approach. Obviously, it, you come from a, an engineering background, so that, that is the way you're wired. Uh, talk, yeah. talk, talk to me a little bit about your, your approach, that, that, that process. What, what, what is it? Um, well, well. Essentially, what it is is just the idea that when you get uh, when you get to the race on uh, on race day, sure you're tapered, so you're you're going to have a little bit of extra a little extra pep in your step. But at the end of the day, you're not going to become superhuman on on race day. You know, like everything that you've done in training, uh, you're training your body to be uh, to be efficient at at whatever pace or power prescription uh, you're able to maintain for the Ironman distance. So. I really trying to go into a race and and just try and, and get the most out of myself to make sure that I can uh, I can follow my proper pacing and and nutrition and 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 look at all those little things uh, and throughout the day and then try and and 
stay uh, not distracted by what's going on around me, like not getting really upset by something uncontrollable that happens, like say your goggles come off or something like that. You just put them back on and you, you just got to keep giving your your best effort and, and what you can do. And, and the same thing is, uh, and I think this is an important thing, especially on the bike, is uh, sometimes you'll have people just blast past you in the first five, 10 kilometers of a bike. And it's really tempting to say I should go with these guys, but um, typically what you'll see is that 130, 140K down the road that they're going at 20 kilometers an hour because they've completely burnt their legs. So really focusing on that process and knowing like, this is what I'm capable of. This is on the bike, for example, this is the power that I can do and and, and having confidence in that to, to be able to give you the, the result that you want. And and uh, really focusing more on that than than on the externals, such as yeah the other racers around you and and what they're doing. I love that that approach. That if if you've done the work and you 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 back the systems you've had in place, and if it's good enough on race day, then it's good enough on race day, which which I think is is yeah. awesome. That that first one, how, how did you go? I mean, going in there with you know you've done the work, you you hoping for a Kona slot. How how did it go? Did you end up uh, qualifying first time out? Uh, I did not. I, I just missed it. So uh, my first uh, first Ironman, I, it was nine forty two or nine forty three. I think was my time. And uh, and then the there was two qualifying spots in my age group, and the second second guy was a minute or a minute and a half ahead of me. So it was uh, it was pretty close. But uh, I was catching up to him on the run and and just ran out of ran out of room. But. Um, as I said, I, I was just really hoping to have a great race and I was really happy with, with my time and then just got beat by, by two better guys on the day. And then at the end of the day, that just gave me tons more motivation to, uh, to go back to the race next year and, uh, and try and get that spot. I was going to say, how soon afterwards did you decide you want to go back? But by the sounds of it, it was almost immediate. Yeah, at uh, 9 a.m. the next morning, I was lined up to uh, to register for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker for punishment much. Uh, that's, yeah. that's amazing. And, and, and eventually getting to Kona, uh, I mean, that's for, for a lot of age groupers is the ultimate goal. Why was, why was Kona such a big driving force for you? Um, I think uh, a couple of reasons. One for sure is the, the challenge of Kona. When you, like whenever you hear about Kona and and uh and when i started doing more research in ironman I, all you hear is just how hot and how windy and how tough the course is um so i i think for one it was just that i really wanted to challenge myself and and what should be one of the the toughest arenas out there um so that was a driving force and then the second was just to to have that experience to race against the best in the world um it's uh, it's it's unique in in our sport that we have such a uh uh a solid race like that where we can have even amateurs taking the best of all the amateurs and putting them in one spot. And, and uh, you really get to stack up against how, how the rest of the world is. And, and it's amazing to be able to race on the same courses as, as all the pros at the same time. And, and, uh, and just that whole atmosphere and, and the idea of going to Kona was just, uh, yeah, it was overwhelming for me. And I, I just wanted to be part of that. Let's talk about your first experience on the Big Island. I, I love that, that exactly what you're saying, that it's an opportunity for, I don't want to say ordinary everyday people because you still need to be pretty good and, and extraordinary to uh, to uh, be able to qualify and, and race on the Big Island. But being able to be out on the course and, and particularly where you are, the, the sort of times that you do, you, you're not that far behind the leaders. Uh, you, you get to see them turn around points and that sort of thing. 
it must be almost, I mean, I don't want to say you get starstruck, but it must be an amazing feeling to see, like you say, the best athletes in the world that you, you've seen on all these YouTube videos, winning races, all of a sudden you're racing against them. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is really cool. It's really cool to, to be right there. And, and again, I think that that's something that's very unique to our sport and, and, and it's something that, that makes it that much more fun when you're, like you said, when you go to a turnaround and then Ian Ferdino's running by you, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see. And, um, and I think that it helps motivate you out there on race day and, uh, cause you want to see how you stack up against the best of the world. And at the same time, you, it's just, uh, uh, it's just cool. It's just a cool experience to be able to to be out there with these guys and girls. You mentioned the conditions in Kona and how brutal they are. There aren't too many places on earth where where you do experience those sort of conditions. How do you prepare yourself coming from where you come from? I mean, the the Canadian summers do get fairly warm, but the winters are, are pretty brutal. I mean, it's almost the, the complete opposite to, to what you would experience in, in Kona. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, and, uh, what I do like, cause especially this time of the year, we actually, we have a, a heat wave going on at, and, uh, in Southern Ontario right now. So it, it pretty much feels like Kona heat, but, uh, that's going to be over pretty quickly and we'll be into some cold temperatures. But, um, these days what I do is I, I just try and get to Hawaii, uh, ahead of time. So I get there about 10 days before, which usually gives me enough time to, uh, acclimatize to the heat. But, uh, the first, first year I went to Kona, um, I, I couldn't couldn't take that that much time off, so I only got there about five days before the race. And then, so what I did is beforehand, I would uh, I would do treadmill sessions and just put on all my essentially all my winter clothes. I'd be wearing a toque, and I wouldn't have a fan on, and and just try and make myself as, as hot as possible when I was doing uh, tempo runs on the treadmill. And then same thing with uh, inside on a on on a on a bike on a trainer and. And just tried to to make myself as as hot as possible, just to, to to get used to that feeling of that that heat that you can't even get off you. It just feels like it really sticks to you. What what was the thing that surprised you most about about Kona? The thing that surprised me most, um, I don't know. I don't know if there was any anything that was really really shocking or, or surprising, but. Uh, the the thing that that hit me the most was just the the atmosphere there and 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 I think trying to uh, not cope with it but but trying to, to to soak everything in was I felt like was a was a lot it was a bit overwhelming that that first time there that again you, you get to see all these um, these pro triathletes all over the place and and everyone in the world looks like the fittest person you've ever seen and um and you just think i don't belong here i don't i don't belong with these people like i'm I'm just gonna get destroyed out there but then when you get to race day it's uh you know it's it's it all stacks up just to the training you've done and and how well you've prepared for it do do you approach race day at kona differently to to what you would uh, another iron man or is the approach exactly the same i mean i mean you, your first one you said you went in there trying to get a kona slot and and that that was the goal do you, do you go to kona to 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 chase podiums or is it a case again you you go as hard as you can and if that's good enough on the day then that's good enough yeah well like for sure when i'm when i'm going through the, those really tough sessions especially in the the last few weeks and a couple months before the race i'm 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 envisioning getting getting those podium spots but uh really when it comes down to race day when just like any other race i i do i do what i'm capable of i go out and, and i and i run my own race and uh 
and really what how I try and look at it is is you save the the like quote unquote race for the for the end of the marathon that's where you can really uh make that that extra push and and try and run outside yourself to to try and move up that podium or or whatever whatever the goal may be but um but overall I take that same process driven approach of just I know what I can do and and uh especially on a course like Kona where it's it's so hot and so demanding if if on the bike you 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 really try and hammer to make up extra time like you're you're just going to pay for it on the marathon there's no uh there's no getting around that so um so I really just try and and stick to my own game plan as as best I can and focus on nutrition and hydration and and uh and make sure that I'm set up so that if I'm in that position late on in the race and late on in the marathon when I can uh try and move up a couple spots then then I'll have an opportunity to do so what what are you most proud of of what you've achieved so far um I think for sure my 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 most proud achievement was uh was Kona last year cuz I finished on the podium in in fourth place last year um and then that was uh uh, also coming off uh, early in the season, I, I had a, a really bad bike accident and uh, I broke my shoulder, collarbone, uh, shoulder blade. I had about 15 fractures in my shoulder and and in March was being told that I may never be able to swim again. So getting to October in Dakota and uh, and finishing on the podium, it was it was a really long and painful road through that summer. It was a really tough six months, but uh, I was really proud of first of all finishing the race and then also having a a nice result there that uh, that I could look back on and, and really be proud of. What was the biggest lesson that you learned in in that comeback from from injury? Uh, the biggest lesson I would I would say that it it was more that it just reinforced what I'd been doing the 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 take it day by day, take it step by step. There was. Um, like obviously in a in a comeback like that, there's tons of setbacks when like you can't even lift your arm off your leg to to trying to think about how am I going to swim four kilometers. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just took it day by day. I broke it down, and and every day I would just try and get a little bit farther across the pool, or I'd had to slowly get back into running again, and and just taking it step by step, and uh, and really just you know you you can't get overwhelmed by looking at the the big picture. Sometimes sometimes you just gotta to stay on a on a pretty narrow, uh, pretty narrow mind frame, and 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 try and get yourself uh, to that that ultimate goal. Compared to to the build up to Kona twenty fifteen, how's the the preparation gone for this one? Um, well, first of all, I, I I didn't break my shoulder this year, <laughs> so that puts me that puts me miles ahead. But uh, but overall, my my preparation's been really good. Actually, I, I've I've put in some some really solid work this year, and. Uh, and uh, with just with years of, of practice and 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 refining my uh, the way that I respond to training, I think that that I'm starting to get towards a formula that uh, that works for me. So um, I think that I can really build on on certain you know workouts and uh, and uh, um, workout styles that that really work well with me and my body adapts too quickly. So I've really been able to focus on those and putting good training in those. Uh, which I think will really pay off when I when I get to Hawaii. What, what have you have you done anything differently? Uh, not not even majorly differently, but anything differently between this year and last year? Uh, in the last two years, uh, not a whole lot. Um, the uh, the the biggest change in my in my training is is I've done a lot more swimming in the the last uh, twelve months than I did the year before. I uh, really tried to work on on that part of my my racing, but other than that, it's uh, I find that. Uh, like you're not going to become a, 
I said this earlier, I think, but you're not going to become superhuman overnight. You know, like you're not going to be able to do infinitely harder workouts and that sort of thing. It's always just you got to do incrementally more uh, and 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 just slowly build up mileage and, and intensity and workouts and that sort of thing. And uh, so I think, uh, yeah, my body can just, it can withstand a little bit more punishment than it could last year. So I can just train a little bit harder and and maybe get in a, a an extra one of those really hard workouts in a week just because I, I can bounce back that little bit faster. And I think that that's been the, the biggest change from last year's training. I think you, you touched on a very important point there too. And, and that's something that, that I think a lot of people don't realize that is the consistency of training doesn't necessarily just make you stronger, but it, it, like you say, it helps you bounce back after hard sessions better, that you, you become more resilient. Uh, and obviously that comes up to a point where you hit a certain age when you then start uh, maybe not bouncing back as quickly as the aging process kicks in. But you're still fairly young. You've you still got a good few years ahead of you where if you keep building on this, you can get a lot faster, can't you? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I, that's what I'm hoping, and and I think like right now I'm 28, so I, I think I still have some some good years left to me, and and yeah, like you said, that it's 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 the consistency that's the important thing that uh, um, when you ask about like what what training changes, it's just really making sure that you're you're getting those workouts in, and and uh, on those days when you're tired, that you you still go out and you still do the miles, and and I think that if you can if you can keep consistent and you can keep pushing, then uh, then that's when you can really start to see some good improvement in your in your racing. You mentioned in, in at the start of this chat that you you had to juggle obviously with training and and what you need to do school wise and and your PhD and work and all that sort of thing. Uh, tips for 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 someone who's really struggling with with that side of the sport. I mean, I think a lot of triathletes, particularly Ironman triathletes, do battle with the time management side of things. Have you got any strategies in that 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 really help you sort of streamline and 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 make your life a little bit easier so you can fit all of these things in? Uh. The biggest thing is I just find that I, I make sure that I, I plan out my week at the beginning of the week, um, and uh, and for sure having a, a, a set training program um, really makes a difference. Uh, I know that there's people that kind of they'll say, okay, I'll fit in a, a ride or a run when I can, but like realistically, that's that's not going to work out. So um, what I what I like to do is a, is to make sure that that I have my whole whole weeks planned, both with my my experiments on my PhD. As well as my training, and then I, and I kind of have all my time allotted for that. And sure, things come up in the week that that you can't predict, and, you, and you're going to have to adapt. But I find having a going into the start of each week with a set schedule, set plan, um, that's the way to go about it. The uh, the kind of taking the the loose approach of yeah, no, like maybe if I fit in a run, I'll, I'll be able to get in this workout. I find that that doesn't work. That's uh, that's not not a successful uh, way to go about it. A lot of people getting into the sport. Ironman is becoming extremely popular. Ad- advice for, for a newbie, for instance, if you could go back and tell yourself when you were starting out, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Um, what would I tell myself? I think that I'd just I'd tell myself to, uh, you know, like don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Like I said, I always tried to take it day by day, but I was a lot worse at doing that uh, sort of early on. Um, and, and also just that consistency – um, always will out trump any sort of really hard set that you can do or or anything like that. The more important thing is, is really just continuing on in those three sports and and trying to improve day by day as opposed to uh, trying to to do the the most ridiculous track workout or something because you think that'll make you way faster because the at the end of the day that's gonna that's gonna give you a risk of injury a lot more than it's gonna give you a benefit of 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 being faster on race day. 
That is incredible. Scott, thank you so much uh, for your time here on uh, the Kona Edge. Best of luck for Kona 2016. Safe travels, and we look forward to getting you on to talk a little bit about the, the individual disciplines and, and what you do and what you've done to get better. Great. Uh, over, thank over thank you career. so much for having me, Brad. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge. to head over to the KonaEdge.com forward slash win to stand in line to have me pay for your next Ironman. If you'd like to access the commercial free podcast feed of the Kona Edge, simply head over to the KonaEdge.com forward slash support.